Good morning, Tapestry. <clears throat> How many of you enjoying this weather this morning? <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's going to be 90 again tomorrow, probably. <laughs> it's just a tease. It's just, listen, I love living in Savannah, but there's only one time a year that I wish I wasn't, and that was, uh, that's during the fall. I miss, I miss Ohio. You got nice, cool weather and changing colors and uh, not just an extension of summer like we have <laughs> here for most of the time, but we have today, and I am grateful that all of you are here this morning instead of just out enjoying the great weather because you did not have to be here, and so that you chose to be here is great. We are in... Um, we are in the sixth week of this series, It's Relational, um, and just to make sure that we're all on the same page headed in today, I want to just take a quick review as to how we got to here so far in this series. We started out <clears throat> um, by looking at how God created man in perfect relationship, um, and we defined that perfect relationship as um, the relationship that all of us strive for as people, and that is being fully known and fully loved. Um, usually we can get one way or the other. We can, we can be loved but not fully known, or we can be fully known and nobody loves you. <laughs> those, those kind of seem to be the directions that we tend to go a lot of times. And we all, as people, we strive for that relationship where we feel comfortable enough, we feel safe enough um, to let somebody know everything there is to know of us and to still be um, accepted. It did not take long for man to break that relationship. Um, and basically, we looked at the idea that the rest of the Bible is God pursuing man, trying to restore the relationship uh, that was broken. And we looked at a few instances where God went to some pretty great lengths uh, to reestablish that, that uh, relationship. And then we turned a corner, we started talking about some of the barriers that we have when it comes to relationship with God. And one of them that we looked at was was that we, most of us, we buy into the idea of salvation by grace. That is, we're saved by the grace of God. It's not anything that we can do. But then immediately after the salvation part, um, we think that our actions or our sins more specifically play a lot larger role than what they actually do. And so subsequently, when we sin or we mess up or you have some sort of failure or whatever, um, we tend to separate ourselves from God. Because we're so used to our relationships that we have um, with other people that when you do something wrong against them or offend them or you've messed up in the relationship, there's all of a sudden, there seems to be a wall put up. And many times it's by the other person in response to your actions. So we just assume with God that, uh-oh, I messed up and there's going to be this wall and this gap. And so we kind of tend to separate ourselves. But God says, no, 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 no. I have reconciled you to me. You're in good standing. And so if there is separation between us, it's on your end. And God would encourage us to come closer and lean into him in those moments where we have those failures and those mistakes, not to shy away from him. And then we looked at the obstacle of how majority of us spend the, the vast amount of our prayer life basically telling God what to do and how to fix the things that we've messed up <laughs> and the circumstances that we find them in. Um, and, and we don't leave space within our life for God to be able to speak to us because he doesn't always want to fix our mistakes and he doesn't always want to bail us out of our circumstances. Sometimes he wants to teach us something and tell us something. But in order for there to be that communication uh, uh, and that relationship, we've got to make space and time to hear 
And then finally, last week, we got, we talked about the incredible advantage that we have, which is the scriptures and how God uses the scriptures to speak to us. And if we take time to listen, he'll give us three things. Anybody remember the three things? Anybody? 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 Oh man, my job is so important. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> so he gives through the scriptures. We saw that David was talking about how the scriptures affect him and basically say that, that he gives us um, wisdom, right? And he, yeah, you on it now? You got it? <laughs> yes. There we go. There we go. Yeah. He gives us um, wisdom, insight, and understanding. And that when you have those three things, that wisdom, insight, and understanding, you have the foundation upon which to make all of the decisions in your life. And also through scriptures and through prayer, he will do this amazing thing, which is really needed because this is probably like the, um, we could subtitle this part of the series, the don't be a jerk chapter, um, <laughs> because he will use those things to keep us focused on ourselves instead of focused on other people. That is that we'll stop magnifying other people's issues and turning them into the thing and we'll begin to address our own issues within our life. Now today, as we've, as we've gone through this series, today I, I want to spend some time talking about, there's some, there's some sermons that I do that I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to give you this passage and then I'm going to talk about it in a way that you've never thought about it before and you're going to walk out of here thinking, I am so smart and like just can't wait to get back and to, you know, hear some more and you just wonder, how does he do that? <sighs> today is not one of those days. <laughs> I am not going to impress you with smartness. <laughs> so today is a different kind of message. And that is, today is going to be an extremely practical, like, here's a way for you to go about doing this type of message. Um, now, as I speak about this, some of you, I'm going to say things and you're probably going to leave and you're going to be like, I already knew all of that. Some of you would be like, oh yeah, I did know that, but I forgot about it. And maybe to some of you, you'll hear some brand new ideas, but I think it'll do us all good to hear this um, this morning. And if you're a person who likes to take notes, this is your day. All right, get that, get that notepad out and that pen, be ready. Um, here we go. Now, one qualifier before we get going. As, as I say these things, keep in mind that no matter what I say, no matter what I suggest, that God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants, however he wants. And so by saying the things I'm going to say today, I'm not trying to put God in a box and saying this is the only way that God operates because he operates however he wants to. But what I am simply going to do is offer you a possible strategy. If the last couple of weeks I've been talking about things like quiet times and prayer times and reading scripture and you're kind of like, hmm, I know that I probably should be doing those things. Maybe I'm not really sure exactly what those even really are or how to go about those. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So the first thing that I want to talk about is this, choosing a time and place. When it comes, when it comes to hearing from God, there are some environments that are better than others. And, and it's not even really when it comes to hearing from God. This is true across the board throughout all of your life and your experience. Some environments are better for listening than others. Um, for example, if you have something that, <clears throat> if you have something that you really wanted to tell me or needed me to know or wanted my undivided attention in, um, 
you will be extremely disappointed if you are, say, here on a Saturday night during setup, and you come and you talk to me and expect me to remember it. Like, it's just not going to work. Like, it's not a good environment for me to stop thinking about the things that have to happen, for me to be able to intake information, for me to be able to remember, for me to be able to write it down. It just isn't a good time. You'll be disappointed. Um, if, if you're married, if, if you're in a relationship, um, you know, there are environments in which you don't even attempt to talk about things with your spouse because you know it's going to be fruitless, right? So, so for example, with Kate and I, um, you know, there are things that if there are things going on, like it's just not going to work. Um, my wife is an amazing multitasker. And so it's amazing the things that she can do and how many things she can do at one time. And if I come in in the middle of that, so like when she's making dinner and doing, you know, watch, got things going on on the computer and communicating with other people through whatever thing and all that's going on. And I try and talk like that's not, that's not, that's not a good time for attention. In fact, the response normally is after not really responding at all, after I babble for a second, the response normally is, why are you in the kitchen? <laughs> like that's, that's normally the response. Can you please just leave? Okay, absolutely. Right? Right? Now with me, and actually Kate might say there's no good place for me to <laughs> hear and retain information. Uh, and me like, um, you know, she's not going to walk in in the middle of an Ohio State football game and say anything to me and me hear it at all. Like, it's just not going to happen. My attention is divided. And the same holds true in our relationship with God. That there are just some environments where some things are happening. It is not a good time to listen. We saw a few weeks ago that the, the gospel said that Jesus often slipped away to another place to listen to his father. And in fact, one of the verses in Mark says, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place to pray. That is, he made a point to get to a place that was not in the middle of life. It was not in the middle of everything that was going on and everything that was happening. He, know that to hear, he knew that to hear from God, he had to get to an environment that was more conducive to listening. So when I talk about finding a place to do this whole prayer and scripture reading and all this, the reason it's important is because we listen better in certain places. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is the issue of time. Um, there are times in our life, and even more specifically, not just life in general, there are times in our days when it's more difficult to hear. Back to, back, to, back to my relationship with my wife. I know that if we need to have an important conversation about something, it cannot be after 9 o'clock p.m. It just can't. She gets up early. She does a whole lot of things. She drives herself and she works hard. And like by nine o'clock, it's done, right? There's not going to be, there's not going to be very many productive conversations after nine o'clock. And on the flip side of that coin, the worst time for me, again, she would say all times, but the worst time is she knows don't be saying things to me within the first half hour that I'm awake. Like... <laughs> No, I'm cranky. I'm like, I'm, in, I'm not remembering anything. I'm not even sure I'm in the real world yet, right? Like that whole, you know, don't, 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 don't do that, right? And it goes and it spreads out more than that. You come up to me right before church, like when you're coming in, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to, here, full disclosure and honesty. 
before church, when you walk in the door and I say hi to you, and I may or may not give you a hug, depends on if you're a hugger and you've established that in our relationship. And I do that, like it's happening physically. Like I'm not there. Like I'm just on autopilot because I'm thinking about this, like right now, like what's getting ready to happen, right? Most of, you'll notice that when you come in um, in the morning before service and I say hi, unless I've known you for like 10 years, like I don't say your name because I don't know your name <laughs> before service. Like that's just not where my mind is, right? Like I recognize your face, like it's there, but that's just, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's like, it's like if you, when you were in school and you're cramming for a test and you're like walking to the class and somebody tries to say something to you and you're just like, no, right. You're just like, I just got to get it to where he hands out the paper. And I can just unload everything. That's how, that's how it is for me on Sunday mornings. But, but all of that is true in our relationship with God as well. That there are times when you're a good listener and there are times when you are not a good listener. Here's the, here's the beginning of that verse that we looked at. It starts out very early in the morning while it was still dark. There's a lot of very early in the mornings as you go through the gospels when it comes to Jesus. But once we, we see that once again, early in the morning, that must have been a time that he was really listening uh, to God because that seemed to be his normal environment of prayer. Apparently it was a good listening time for him. So as we talk about some of these specifics, throughout the rest of uh, this morning. The reason is because we know there are times and there are places where we are good listeners and where we aren't. And so it's critical for you guys to find the right time and the right place. Now, that being said, can God speak anywhere, anytime? Absolutely. But we're just trying to create an environment where we become good listeners. So here we go. Here, here are some things that I would encourage you to do to facilitate this. The first one is this. Find a place where the only thing you do there is have alone time with God. Now, I'm not saying you got to go build an extra room on your house that's just the designated holy prayer room or go buy a piece of property, you know, and that's your, I wander, I wander my back 40, you know, I don't, old farmers, a lot of, no. None of you are farmers with front 40s and back 40s. Okay. All right. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying that. It can be as simple as something like a chair in your house. Like for any of you who have been to my house, in the living room, I've got two really cheap fake leather chairs that sit in the living room. And one is closer to the dining room and the other one is closer to the front door of the house. The one that I sit in most all of the time is the one closest to the dining room. The one closest to the door is my prayer chair. And I don't know why that three feet of difference between those two things make a difference, but it does. When I go to that one, it's different. I'm not sitting to relax. I'm not sitting to interact with guests at the house. I'm not sitting to just read or whatever it is that I want to do. Like I am in that spot for a purpose. If you like to be outdoors, go find a place that you visit and you've set that aside as a special thing, you know, you go out, find a park, find a, you know, a square downtown, a specific bench that like, that's the bench you go to, to be alone and to try and listen from God. But there's something, there's something almost unexplainable about having a specific place of this is where I set myself apart to listen 
to God. And the only, the only way I can describe it is that somehow, like as you establish that place, that somehow emotionally and, and mentally, you sort of settle in to what's about to happen. Kind of your focus almost automatically goes there because that place for you is for nothing else but for that. Um, and the focusing becomes easier. And basically kind of what you're saying to God is saying, God, okay, this is important enough to me, hearing from you and spending time with you, that I'm going to dedicate a spot that is just yours. Dedicate a spot that's just yours. It's almost like, you know, back in the, back in the um, <clears throat> like super in love days in your relationships, and you're like, oh, this is, this is our restaurant, right? And in our restaurant, we have our table. And you better not take anybody else to eat at our table. You know, it's that special kind of thing. And it's kind of the same thing. The, the second thing is this. So I would encourage you to schedule specific time. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. We all, you all have had this conversation. And many of you have had this conversation with me. Here's, here's what happens. We're talking along, right? It's like, oh, we haven't seen each other for a while. Yeah, what have you been up to? Yeah, yeah. We need to get together sometime. Yes, we do. All right, let's do that. And then you walk away and what never happens? The getting together, right? You both sit there. Yeah, let's get together. Yeah, let's get together. Nope. No getting together ever happens. The only way the getting together ever happens is if one person says like, oh, we need to get together. And another person says, we do. Let's pick a time. And then you stand there and you schedule it while you're both still standing there. Because until something is scheduled and until the time and the date and the place is set, then it's not really a thing, right? It's just, we're telling each other, oh, they're going to feel better because I say I want to get together with them. And the other one's like, oh, I'm glad they just said it and didn't actually schedule it because I didn't really want to get together. No, no, I've never thought that with any of you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, but it's the same kind of deal because we all, all of us, if we say, okay, did you know if you get together and you spend time with God, that your relationship with him will be stronger. Everybody will be like, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I want to do that. Okay. Schedule it. Put it down. The time, the place, schedule it because that's the only way in our busy lives that we make things happen, right? In general, we only do what is actually on the calendar. And if you want to be a good listener, as, as weird as it may sound, logistically, you need to just get it on the calendar, right? We're in essence making an appointment with God. Now, that idea may seem completely unrelational, right? Like, oh, I thought we were having a relationship. Like, we are. Yeah. How many of you are married and you have to schedule a date night? right? Because if you don't, right, weeks and weeks and sometimes months go by and you realize that your only interaction has been, well, what's the schedule? When do the kids have to be picked up? What's their next thing? Have you planned anything for dinner? Oh, and you realize down the road that, oh my goodness, we have done nothing to bolster our relationship. And the same holds true with God. We can let life get in the way and with all the best intentions, we get down the road and realize, wow, 
feels like a complete stranger at all. Don't even know him. I would also, I would also within the scheduling the time. Now, for some of you, this is really bad. Like for some of you who may not get up to like, I don't know, nine o'clock. Okay, so this may be, <laughs> what? I wasn't just looking at Claudia. <laughs> I mean, I was just looking at, <laughs> anyway, um. But I would encourage you to make the time as early in your day as possible. Now, I know some of you are just like not at all morning people. And like, I understand that. I am not at all a morning person. It's difficult. But I would encourage that because if you can do this before your day's activities, it kind of reboots your mindset heading into it. It kind of gives you a little bit of a different way of looking at your day. It kind of orients you towards things that are true, towards things that are important, towards the things that you need to be paying attention to and the things you don't need to be paying attention to. Um, And it kind of makes, it makes it easier to set direction for your day. If you can spend some time with God first, because it's your way of basically saying this, God, I've got a lot of things today. I've got a lot of important things today, but I am seeking you first. Help me to see those things and the people that I'm going to come across the way that you see them. So it helps if you're able to do that, but find a time and a place. Here's another thing I want to suggest that you do. Read and write, okay? Now, this is kind of back to the three R's of elementary school, right? And I, I, I know that some of you may have uh, strategies in the way you go about this and devotionals that you work through and methods for your time alone, and that's good. But I, I also want to suggest this, that possibly instead of just, for some of us, we're like, uh, I don't know how to start attacking to read the Bible. Like, it's a big book that's got a lot of things that seem really unrelatable to me. And we just kind of, sometimes we just kind of like open it up. Well, where's this? I'll start here. Let me jump around and do this here. And, and, and we just kind of skip through reading a chapter here, Old Testament, maybe New Testament. And, we're just, eh, and there's not really a whole lot of rhyme or reason a lot of times. But instead of just skipping throughout the Bible, I, I would suggest, if you don't already have a way that you go about reading the scriptures, I would suggest picking a book of the Bible and reading the entire thing. Not, not all in one setting. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But starting at the beginning and reading through it. Because here, here's why. It's because many of, many of the books, especially in the New Testament, many of them are letters. And they were written to be read as a letter. And if you had a collection of letters from a person and you just randomly would go through and in the center of it, pick out a couple lines of that letter to read, then put it away and grab a different one the next day and read different, like there would, the cohesion would not ever really present itself. And so I would encourage you to, to kind of, kind of start through a script, start through a book of the Bible and work your way through it a book at a time. If you don't know where to start, James is good, John is good. Want some good, good stories, you know, some like, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Start with Genesis and Exodus, man, there's some stories in there. It'll blow your mind. If you like, if you're, if you're a blood and guts type person, like you like action and just a lot of, you know, go through Joshua or Judges. I mean, there's some stuff in there, right? That'll feed that, that'll feed that uh, gore itch for you. 
If you're a stories person, you get caught up in stories. Ruth is a great, Esther, great, great places to go. I mean, there is something for everybody in there. And so I would encourage you to, to, to go in and find. Now, here's the thing too, is that I don't want you to just read because a lot of times we can just read and it just kind of is like, okay, well, I read. But as you work your way through a book, I want to give you four questions to ask as you're reading scriptures. What does this say? Why is it in here? What should I do about it? And how can I remember? I'm going to take a moment for all of you that are writing this down. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're done, huh? What does this say? As you read something and you go through it, can you go back? And if somebody asks you to say, hey, in your own words, can you tell me what you just read? Right, Because so many times when we pick up the Bible, we're reading out what we feel is like this sense of duty and we're supposed to, and if we're gonna be Christians, we have to, and we read to read just to accomplish the, the, the act of reading. And we don't really read to understand. And so can you, when you get done reading a section, can you tell somebody in your own words, you're able to write down in your own words what it is that it says. The second one is, why is this in here? That's a trick question because <laughs> this is a difficult question a lot with some of the stuff you read in the Bibles. And, and it's okay if you really think about it, you read a passage and you ask, why is this in here? And if you come to the conclusion, I have no idea why this is in the Bible, that's okay. There are a lot of things in the Bible that I still haven't figured out why it's there. <laughs> and it's in, that's a challenge to me. You may not find that a challenge. But it's okay if you get to the end of this question, why is this here? And you really can't fully answer it. But beginning to ask the question, why is this in here? Why is it important? It gives God the opportunity to use that moment to, to surface principles in the scriptures that you might have otherwise just glossed completely over. Things you would not have seen out of what you're reading. So it, it's okay to say, I don't know, or better yet, let's be honest, there's some that you're like, I don't know, and you follow that up with, and I wish it wasn't. Like, that's okay. Have that feeling. <laughs> let, let God know that you've got it, but wrestle with it before you move on. Third question, what, what, should, I, what should I do with this? What should I do about it? Or, or another way to put that is, how do I apply this? What does this mean to my life? Um, and this is, you know, you can look. And within some of the principles and things you read about, it's like, well, does this deal with work and ethics or does this deal with relationships? Or does this deal with honesty? But fi find the way that it connects within your life. And, and then finally, how can I remember? Perhaps there's a piece of it, a verse that you need to memorize. Maybe there's something you need to write on a card and stick it somewhere where you see it on a regular basis. Maybe if, there was, maybe if there was something that there was a very specific way that you figured out how it applied to your life, what you should do about it. Maybe you need to get somebody to hold you to accountable in applying that. But come up with a way to remember the things that God shows you. Now, if you are an astute observer of tapestry services, almost every sermon that I do when we go through scripture, this is the outline. Almost every single one, you can fit it within the outline of these four questions. What does it say? 
Why does it in there? Why is it important? What does it mean to us? And what can we do with this information? And this is a great way to begin approaching what sometimes can seem like an overwhelming thing, which is the scripture. And my goal with all of this is not to make you Bible scholars and not for you to walk around and be like, oh, I know more than other people or our church knows more Bible than other churches. That, that, that's, not, that's not what the goal is. But if you begin to approach the scriptures by wrestling with these questions, you will be amazed at how quick your grasp of scriptures increases and some of the things that God shows you throughout. And if you, stop, if you stop reading long enough to write these four questions, it will also cause you to spend more time in smaller amounts of scripture. And when you do that, God can reveal things in it that we normally would just fly right by. But we gotta give him the opportunity. So choose a time, place, take time to read and wrestle with the text and the questions. And then you move on to the next step, prayer prayer. And I imagine most of us in this room, we were asked, we would say, yeah, I pray. You know, some of you may be hazards on the roadway while you're praying. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) You're praying. I mean, there are no rules to praying, but I would like to make a suggestion as you think about how to incorporate prayer into your quiet time or your time with God. Think of prayer, maybe like concentric circles. Like when you throw a rock into a lake and it makes the circle and then it just, they go out and out and out and out. Because we talked a couple weeks ago, how about most of us, like when we pray, we tell God what we want him to do and how we want him to handle the circumstance, right? And the thing is, is that as much as I can say in theory, like, oh, that's not how we should approach it. Like, it's really hard. Like that's our human nature. Like that is, that is within us what we, what we do. It's what we're interested in because it's us, right? We're the star of our own show. And so everything rotates around us. And so thinking of prayer, like as these circles that kind of go out, it, it, it might help. You could start by praying about this, the scripture that you had just read and start there. And if you've asked your four questions, help God to see the scripture as, as he would like you to see it. And you would try to say, well, wait, why start there? Well, because that's where your focus is. Cause that's what you just got done doing. And then after that, pray, pray your way through your day. Start with your schedule because you know the things that you have coming up and you know the things in there that are going to be challenges. You know the things in your day that are going to be temptations. You know the things that are important. You know the people that you're going to come across that are difficult people to deal with. You know all of that before your day gets rolling. So begin to walk through your day with God before you even start kind of start to make things a little bigger and then go out a little further than that. Start praying about your relationships because as you do that, you're starting to move away from you and you're starting to pray towards other people and start praying into your, your, your families, your friends, your acquaintances. Some of you might be like, Andy, I don't know how much time you think I have in the morning to be praying for all these things. I know, I know. This is just a model. You can spend as much or as little time on any of these parts as you want. There's just ideas to try and help. But here, here's why this is so important. Because most of us have really busy minds, right? Like, and if not given direction and not given some kind of um, structure, at least I know this is true for me, my mind will just wander. And I will be amazed at just the random, completely unimportant things that I think about during prayer time if I don't have kind of set up 
how I structure my prayers. And the thing is, is that the prayers that I say, oh, stay away from, this is a full confession moment. The ones that are like, oh, don't pray, you know, don't be spending all your time telling God what to do. That's the first thing I do <laughs> in my, you know why? Because it gets it out of the way. Because that thing is nagging in my mind, like, oh, I really need God to do this, really need God to, so I kind of like, as a default, be like, okay, God, here we go. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Okay, now let's spend some time. I got that out, got it done. Now let's spend some time together. And the last thing I want to suggest, and this is the one that I am the worst at when it comes to um, alone time and kind of building relationship with God. The worst, the fifth thing is this journaling. Now, it's a, this is different than writing anything about those four questions, right? Because in a journal, you basically are going to record God's activity in your life. And, and, and this is, it's sort of like a, a spiritual journal. And when you look at these journals, after you've been through things or you're years down the road and you look back on them, um, you will begin to see God's fingerprints on your life. And, and here's why. This is, it, you're going to be able to look back and there's going to be times you look at them and as you're writing, you're like, oh, here was something that God was doing. I had kind of forgot about that. Or, or as you were, oh, here's a prayer God answered. Or here's something that, man, as I, wow, I was really upset about this thing and I was railing on God about it. And here I am 10 years later and I'm still upset about that same dang thing. <laughs> like, oh, uh, God, what are we doing here? Can we talk about this for a second? Sometimes you can look back and you'll read about some temptation that you're facing, Right? And you're like, oh, I remember going through that. And then you flip the page the next day and you're like, oh, I failed miserably. <laughs> but then as you go through, you're like, oh, but things worked out. God came through. And it ends up being, as you look back, it ends up being um, an intimate record of the journey of you and God. And it's something that it, I, I can't explain why, but going back and seeing it and writing and kind of seeing orders of events and things is there's something really powerful to it because as we just go through life and experience life, things happen and we forget that things happen, right? Like when we did not, we did not really do my wife and I, we did not really do like a full on like baby book for our first son. Right. And part of it was because I was like, eh, I'm going to remember this stuff. And so I remember just being so excited when he first started walking when was that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, how old was he when he started talking? I don't know, <laughs> right? Oh, well, when was his first ball game? Somewhere around, I don't know, <laughs> right? And that's why we write and keep track of all this stuff. Because it's like, as life, you think in the moment, I'm going to remember this forever. And nobody remembers things forever, right? But when you write it down, you're able to go back and you'll be amazed as you rediscover some of the things that God did in your life. I, it, I went, I was digging through the attic, looking for some papers a little while back. And I came across some old journals that I had used. And specifically, they were, they were through a time when I was getting ready to 
leave the country for a year <clears throat> to go be a missionary associate. And so I, I found some journal entries. And I'll just kind of walk, walk you through kind of how this went as I looked through it. In May of 2000, I wrote, I'm ridiculously busy getting ready to leave. I have a feeling it will only get worse from here. And let me tell you, as I look back and now I know how everything unfolded, I was a prophet. <laughs> like it did get worse from there. It got a lot worse from there. So that was in May. Part of the, part of the worst, August of 2000. So fast forward a couple of months as it all got worse. I write, I fear I have destroyed this trip before it ever happened. How can God work through me when I continually do such foolish things? Has anybody had this feeling before? Like, I am completely unworthy of God doing anything through me, right? So I'm writing, ah, oh, failure, I'm a failure. God can't do anything through me. Here we go, here we go. Fast forward, February 2001. Things are not going well on this trip. And I write, either I can't trust when I think I hear something from God, or God doesn't know what he's doing. Neither option is acceptable, and that's where I was in the middle of this experience. I'd gotten to this thing like, oh my gosh, I thought God wanted me to do this. Clearly, either God's a jerk or I don't know, I don't know God's voice. And that's a, that's a weird place to be in, that you can't trust that what you think you should or shouldn't do is what you should or shouldn't be doing. I get to March 2001, and I decide, I must have heard God wrong. It can't be that God was a jerk. It can't be that he doesn't know what he's doing. It must have been me. Because in case you couldn't tell within my timeline here, things weren't getting better. I must have heard God wrong. Fast forward, July 2006. I write in response to that. I heard God write and he knew exactly what he was doing. I could not have gotten here any other way. I hope I don't forget that. And as I'm able to go through a lot of, not, not a lot, because again, I'm not great at journaling, but when I have, and I'm able to go through and I'm able to see all compressed together, the track of which I went and the way that God worked through those things and got me to where he is, it is absolutely incredible. It's amazing. And the reason that it's amazing as I experience that, and the reason that it would be amazing for you if you experience that is because what you are sitting there reading and looking at is not the story of God and Moses, not the interaction of David and God, not God speaking to the apostles. You are sitting there and you are reading the story of you and God and how it has unfolded over the years. And he, here's why that's such a real story is because you will write things down in those moments that you would never say out loud. And you'll write things directed towards God that you probably wouldn't have the guts to say to God directly because somehow writing doesn't seem to count as actually like saying it out loud. But this is your opportunity. When you have those moments, it's your opportunity to kind of pour out your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings to God, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just kind of put it all out there and see what God does with it in your life. And when times are tough or when time has gone, you will forget about the faithfulness of God. And you will forget about the things that he has done for you. 
But if you can go back and you can read your own story, it will remind you of God's faithfulness and it will cause you to have a faith and a trust that can be described by no other word other than comfort. And it's amazing. It's amazing because it's your story. Now, here's why I spent a whole morning on this and why this is so important is that you would never, well, most of you would never, right? Most of you never would dream of covering up your entire dashboard and all the gauges on your car and saying, I'm not going to pay attention to what's under there. I'm just driving, right? Because if you did that, here's what will happen. You'll get speeding tickets, right? Because you'll have no idea how fast you're going. You will run out of gas because you'll have no idea when you're getting ready, getting close to empty on your tank. Your car will eventually break down and stop running as all of the little warning lights and the change your oil lights and all that stuff comes on and you can't see it because you've covered it all up. Nothing good can come of that. And your quiet time with God is the chief gauge of your life. It's the one that lets you know when you need to stop and refill, when you need to do some maintenance. It lets you know if you're going through things too fast or you need to slow down. And if you don't have time with your heavenly father, it's the same as driving around with all of your gauges covered up. Because it's in those times that God will, will, will deal with your heart, your soul, your mind, it's where he'll point out things that, that you're tempted by, issues in relationships, all of the things in your life. That is where God will work on you. And that's where he lets you know when things need work. So I challenge you this week. Here's the challenge. If you don't already have a routine and you don't already have a specific time with God, and perhaps you don't even know where to start, start here. Choose a time and a place. Begin to read the Bible and pick a book. Begin to read the Bible. Ask yourself, what does this say? Why is it in here? How does it relate to me? And how can I remember this? Spend some time in prayer, working from your thing to bigger things. And then journal. Journal so that you have a record of God's story with you. Now, can God, can God accomplish all of this through other ways? Absolutely. But if you need a place to start, this is a good way to go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the, for the fact that your goal with us is relationship. Your goal is not blind obedience. Your goal is not to control us through life, but that God, you want us to know you and you want to know us. And Lord, I thank you for the extreme measures that you went to, for relationship between us to even be possible. And Lord, as we go out this week, Lord, I pray that you place a little extra weight on our heart this week. That, that, that you, you put that thing in the back of our mind and let it just be there and not leave us alone that we need to invest in relationship with you. And for those of us who that whole concept and that whole idea is foreign and we're starting from nothing, Lord, let us just start. 
Because even just beginning the effort will pay off and will give you opportunity to reveal yourself in ways that we never thought possible. Lord, I thank you that you open your arms and welcome us to you and for your mercy and for your grace in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being out. We'll look forward next week as we continue on in our series, It's Relational. Mm -hmm.